What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we're going to go over some of my takeaways from last night's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then it's Sunday, so you know the main focus is going to be the mailbag. We're going to hop into the mailbag today, also to answer some of your questions and voicemails. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, so we are back in the building. Um, And so, unfortunately, it's after a loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, a blowout loss at that, at home, losing by 32 points. This was not a pretty game at all from the Chicago Bulls, but there are some takeaways from it, mostly negative, but there are some positive takeaways we can take we could take away from it as well. And that first one is just Zach Levine looked good out there. And not just because of the output. Yes, of course, he did score over 20 points per game, but not just because of that 20 points per game, 20 points in that game. Um, but not just because of the, the output and what and what he was able to score, mostly just how he was moving around the court. He was nine for 17 from the field. He had three assists, four rebounds, two steals. He was moving. And with a lot of Bulls fans questioning, like, what's really going on with Zach's knee, even some Bulls fans uh, thinking that, Hey, it is something more serious. They're just not telling us. I think that went a long way in his play just to show that, hey, no, Zach is still Zach. Uh, He needs to get some of that shooting uh, better, especially from the three-point range. He was two for six from there, but we need a little bit better output from him um, overall there. But that is definitely a takeaway that I walk away from this game uh, coming in after coming into it, not really knowing how Zach was going to look, not knowing what to expect from him and his his up-and-down play in preseason. And Zach Levine looked really good, especially in that first quarter. It seemed like in that first quarter, Zach Levine was coming in, and he wanted to prove a point of, hey, no, I'm healthy. Just in case you guys were worried, no, I'm here. Um, but, you know, for some people that, that have said after the game, like, oh, you know, it seemed like like Zach Levine being back stagnated some things or, or, or messed up the chemistry. No, that was not the case. This was just a night in which the team just overall played bad. DeMar DeRozan as well just played. DeMar had a bad game. Let's just be clear there. DeMar had a bad game. And even though we are used to DeMar being the most consistent bull, it just wasn't a good game from DeMar. Vooch played solid. Vooch 7 for 12 from the field, 2 for 3 from three-point range. I need to see him re- rebound better, especially in matchups like this against front courts. Um, but overall, Vooch played solidly. It was really just Vooch and Levine were the most consistent players. Uh, uh, Io kind of up and down in his, in his time as well. Um, almost everybody else was up and down. Passive P made his return. He actually only played 16 minutes, only 11 meaningful minutes um, in this game. And I think this... All but has now shored up, which is the next takeaway, is that Javante Green is now our starting power forward. Even though Javante hasn't played the best, even this game was not an overall good game from Javante. But Javante made some energy plays. He did some things that were just having those wow moments. Javante Green flies. Let's just uh, put all, let's start those rumors now. Javante Green is the first known and documented superhero in the world because that man flies. And it's not just how high he jumps. It's the quickness in, in the lift. Like, he literally, from, like, he just jumps. Next thing you know, he's up. Like, but I do think in this game that we've now seen Patrick Williams is done as the starting power forward for now. He's going to have to earn that position back. And even though Javante Green has not played the best either, I think just Javante's energy out there, the effort for one for sure, has now sealed him in for that starting spot, in my opinion. He, he like, and again, I still believe in the, in the, potential of Patrick Williams again like that ceiling drops lower and lower every year that goes by and on just how good he can be overall 
But Patrick Williams needs to wake up and first assert yourself on the defensive end. But we'll talk about that. We actually have a voicemail on that. But I do think Javante Green is now the starting power forward. Now, to some Bulls fans, understandable and right. I do agree with this one. The thinking is that the Bulls need probably need to go out and get another power forward. That that you can trust a veteran power forward that is a true power forward that you can kind of trust, even if that output is just defensively, even if the output is just a consistent eight points per game with solid defense and some questionable shooting. Like whatever it is. It's almost somebody that you can bet on. We have a voicemail on that, too, that I'm going to get into, but I would not be surprised as we have now three more games until we get to that spot where we can cut Tony Bradley and sign a veteran at the veteran minimum without going into the luxury tax. That's looking more and more likely as a move that the Bulls are going to do as this power forward position overall just has not been giving us great output. Like I said, Javante's energy, and especially like when you look at the things, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, that's energy plays. He only chipped in six points. He was two for five shooting. But outside of that, he made energetic plays. When you flip that with Patrick Williams on the non-scoring things, Pat also scored six points. But non-scoring, he gave us three rebounds, zero assists, one steal, zero blocks, one turnover, and one personal foul in 16 minutes. So I do think that's what we're going to start seeing um, as far as like moving on. And the Bulls may very well decide to go forth in, um, in three more games, which would be the end of next week. Make that move, and we'll see what they end up doing. But do not be surprised. As much as I don't think the Bulls are going to make a major trade or move this offseason, that may be one that the writing's already on the wall for that we may see another veteran come in here and Tony Bradley on his way out. Don't be surprised from it. I know some Bulls fans also are of the mindset, let's at least take a look at Marco. Let's take a look at Derrick Jones Jr., who we did get to see some in this game. He actually played 17 minutes in this game with eight points. He was way more effective than what I was thinking he was going to be. He was two for three from the field, one for one from the three-point range. He had eight eight points, two rebounds, two steals, and a block. Derrick Jones, we may see, which could be crazy, that it moved to Javante Green and Derrick Jones Jr. at the par forward position with Patrick Williams kind of just getting spot minutes. He needs to wake up. He needs to wake up and actually over on the members only video for today, if you guys are listening, this isn't a plug to just sign, but members only video for today that's going to drop is going to be strictly about Patrick Williams and Passive P as a whole and why it is so concerning. So we'll get into that. But uh, so that's kind of my takeouts. And then the last takeaway from this game is that the full five on five substitutions may be dead, right? It may be dead. While I did think like we had a true bench mob and we still do, right? Overall, we still ha- are going to have a way better bench than what we had last season. I'm looking at maybe that that five that five swap in and out thing that we thought that we may have. It may not be what we saw is that once all three of our of our big three and Vooch, uh, Demar, and Zach Levine were off the court, everything just dropped down. We were only down by two points, and the lead grew heavily when we didn't have one of those three off. So, and you know, one may say too that you should always leave one of your stars out there, but I but me and I think some other Bulls fans were thinking that we could have that true bitch mob type swapping that Tibbs used to do where he brought in all five bench players and they were able to maintain and increase some leads and arrest, uh, uh, erase some deficits. I think when you see the energy, and again, this is a uh, this is a weird game anyway. It's a one-game sample size of us having our full roster, minus Lonzo, of course. But maybe those five-on-five substitutions that I thought that we may go into may not be what we see. And we may see a stagger lineup where you still have one of Vooch, one of DeMar, or one of... Uh, uh, Zach Levine out there one could say as well maybe with putting Patrick Williams on the bench you play more things through him maybe we can get that back but 
We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Let me know your thoughts on that down below. But all right, it's a weekend, so it has to be a mailbag episode. We're going to get into this first first voicemail. This one's from Fred. What's up, hey? This is your boy Fred calling from Walker, Louisiana. I got a few questions for you, man. Who do you think the Bulls should go out and get Carmelo Anthony uh, because of the lack of playing at the power forward position? And... Besides, I think the Bulls are going to have a really good season. You know, start we might start off a little rough, you know, but I think Billy Donovan is doing a hell of a coaching. So, you know, and on top of that, I think Patrick Williams will come out of his cell. You know, it was like five games the last time, and he got hurt against New York. But I think, you know, it'll probably be five, six games into the season that he'll come out of his cell. That's all I got for you, my man. All right, so – this is what I alluded to. Bulls going after Melo because of the lack of production at the power forward position. At this point, unless they got something else up their sleeves, I absolutely think this could be the move. Why I have said previously before that this is something that, I, that they could do. This is something that could work or could or they, they, they may pursue. At this point now, I'm in the mindset that this is something that the Bulls absolutely need to do. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people still believe in Tony Bradley's potential, and he, it's still some there. I will say that. But Tony Bradley is not going to get the minutes on this team. He's just not. It's not going to happen no matter what happens. Andre Drummond is now our, fully our backup center, period. Like, there's no minutes there for Tony Bradley. And Tony Bradley can't really play the four next to any of the other lineups out there. So, as much as some Bulls fans do still see the potential in Tony Bradley, I think that now this is a must for them to cut Tony Bradley when they can and to bring in a veteran. They may, too, wait long-term. They may wait until the buyout market. Why use that position now if the buyout market is going to be uh, something that, you know, you could get a better player depending on how things work out. But at this point, I think that you kind of have to make that move and just deal with it. And, you know, somebody at the buyout market comes available. I don't know. Figure it out. Because at this point, the lack of production from the power forward position overall, right, outside of those energy plays from Javante in the last game, overall, first three games of the season, the power forward position is probably the only F as an overall position for the Chicago Bulls. And I do think when you look at Carmelo, yes, he's not a defensive player. Yes, you're going to have to, and maybe being out there with Drummond and making sure you have other defenders and like Io Caruso out there with him, you, you, you can offset that defensive liability some. But I think what Carmelo brings rebounding and scoring-wise alone, and he's still a solid passer, Melo would be perfect fit for the Chicago Bulls team. And I honestly think it may, if we were to cut Tony Bradley and sign Carmelo, there is not a world, there, well, there is a world in which he may end up starting for us. like. That's how much I think what we are lacking at that power forward position. Just, just imagine, look at the games that the Bulls have been in so far. Yes, the Cleveland game ended up being a blowout. But look, if you had a solid 13 points that you can guarantee, and maybe even more, from that power forward position, we're at least 2-1 and one in that case, right? When some could say that we're probably 2-1 and one anyway if that call was, if that foul was called at the end of game two. But I do think that when you have a position that's giving you such a net zero, and again, only three games of the season, they have now a couple, a few, a couple of days to practice before we, well, only one day to practice before we put, we face Boston. But if that power forward position continues to be a complete and utter fail for you from now into that sixth game when you can cut Tony Bradley, you have to look at like, listen, Tony Bradley's not going to play. Bring in somebody else who could fit into your rotation, even strengthen that bench even more. Yeah, it's going to make it jumbled. It's going to make it interesting how you work out minutes. I know some people are saying, hey, bring in the kid Dale and Terry who only played four minutes. But I think what we've seen is that because this team is competing, the minutes for Dalen Terry are just may not be there unless there's some injury. Just may not be there. So bringing another veteran in that case, in my opinion, that's what I will, I think. And at this point, 
I think it's a must that the Bulls do something like that. But let me know what you guys think on that one down below. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Marvin. What's going on, guys? Marvin. Just chiming in after the second game, right before this game tonight. Just wanted to give out a couple of numbers. Guys, if we think about it, um, going into Miami that first game, I don't know how many of us had us winning that game. We win it. We go into Washington. We lose that. So in my eyes, because I had them basically at one and one, I think we did pretty well on the road trip. Now, the whole key of it is playing well. The difference is I hope we get a great game in the first game, mediocre game in the second. But I just want to address the issue, as many of you have already did. Gordon Dragic and Andrew uh, Drummond are keys to the Bulls' success this year, guys, small sample size. If you look at the importance of each one of the players in Vooch, DeMar, Gordon Dragic, and Drummond, and I know it's early, the PERs would tell how important they are to this offense. Uh, Vooch at 32, 32.51, DeMar at 45.80. That's very high. I know it's early, guys. Uh, Dragon, Dragic at 20.7 and Drummond at 25.2. Getting those guys acclimated and key. Remember, we didn't have Zach guys. The key to this thing is because we see the glaring holes in, in uh, Caruso when Zach is not there. Getting Zach back, sending uh, Caruso to the bench is huge for this team. He gets a ch- he gets a chance to be real, you know, tough on defense on, the, on the second, with the second unit, and Zach can bring that scoring punch. I think Billy needs to try to. If we're not going to get anything from our uh, Pat and uh, and uh, and Javante uh, Green, I think we need to in- incorporate DJJ back into the lineup. Uh, early in the season, guys, I think would be okay, though. Guys, look at the production off the bench and the two guys important and Zach coming back. I think we'll be all right later. <sighs> Drogic and Drummond being keys to the Bulls' success is something that I want to focus on in this last voicemail. Absolutely. Like, when you look at the way that they're able to go about their business, and even though neither one had a great game last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, when you look at when the Bulls are playing well and just what they bring as stabilizing factors for the Chicago Bulls, the fact that in Vooch's minutes off the court, you have another competent center that, albeit is a different center, a very different center, but is one that still you can bet on to give you production. Keep in mind, too, they still have not utilized Andre Drummond in the pick and roll the best, right? To what we've seen for his career, he is a great pick-and-roll player um, as the role guy. And we haven't seen very much of that, as much as I thought we'd see early in the season. So, yeah, Drogic and Drummond are going to be hugely important for the for the Bulls' success. Now, Io's production, right? Io had a really good game in that first game, and he's had some questionable games. The defense has been pretty consistent throughout. But I think what we're seeing with Io DeSumo, too, is like it's going to take some time to, to work into that role, even though he was our starting power, uh, uh, point guard to end the season last year. Io's being asked to do a lot now. Like, it's not just you're filling in for Lonzo and we got everything else going. With the way that this team is now running their offense and hopefully getting back to being more motion heavy, he's going to have a bigger role in that. Like, Io's production is going to be key for the Chicago Bulls, but that production also has to be consistent. Um, And we've seen one good game, a so-so game, and a bad game. But the bad game that we had from Io is I'm not going to hold too much against him because we had a bad team game as well. That, that game was bad for us as a team as a whole. So. Iowa's production is going to be hugely key for the for the Bulls, too. But that efficiency off the bench, moving from a bench that didn't give you much to efficient bench play, a bench that you can guarantee is going to get you some points, too, is going to be key for the Bulls. We got to get Kobe consistent as well. Kobe, two for eight in this last game. We got to improve that. If Kobe's consistent, it completely changes the dynamic as well. And to the last point, Derek Jones Jr., back into the lineup. What we saw at this game, and there was some effect in it, and what we've seen with Billy Donovan is that if you, if you are good in the minutes that you get and you show something, again, him giving us eight points in 17 minutes, 
um, as well as two rebounds and two steals. I do think now that Derrick Jones Jr., that case, even though I didn't think it would happen initially, I think that case has been made, sold, and, and everything else. Derrick Jones Jr. is probably going to be in the lineup, especially while Patrick Williams is not playing well at all. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Ace. What's up, Hayes? This is Ace calling in. Man, last time I called in, I was talking about uh, DeMar DeRozan playing a little bit angrier and a little bit aggress- more aggressive against his friends. And he showed out against that Miami game, so I was really, really happy to see that. You know, Ben stepped up too, so that was a, that was a good thing. I just watched this last game yesterday. And I saw the first game, of course, I was just talking about that. And, uh, man, Patrick Williams, a dude softer than, than, than a baby white man. I, I don't know how else to put him. He's mentally soft. Not physically. I don't understand how you can go from the last preseason of the game, last preseason game, going through the lane, just dunking on everybody three times in a row, to not trying to do that in a real se- in a regular season. I don't, I don't get what's, what's with this dude mentally. So, I, in my opinion, he's just mentally soft. I'm just going to leave it at that. Only thing I think that's going to fix that, his teammates got to get in his ass. Like, they got to they come out. They it, it may take somebody in that locker room to say, man, you, you playing like a bitch. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it may just come to that. But, hell, that's 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 what it sounds like it's going to lead it's gonna lead to. Um, with that being said, man, I, I watched the show. I, I I agree with you on Caruso not being a starter. He's he's great off the bench, but he he's not a starter. Um, let me know you, get your thoughts on that, man. I'll holler at y'all later. Right. I'm glad that you woke up on that and that Demar not playing tough thing. You know, it, it kind of is what it is there. Now, P will being mentally soft. Passive P is a problem. Period. Passive P is a problem. Is going to continue to be a problem until he he realizes it. The thing is, like you had an off season with Demar, which you told you talked about. He talked about just. How much you had to work. Like that, and I understand Bulls fans giving up on P. Will at this point. Like this was that, that offseason with DeMar, going out and training with DeMar for a lot of people was the last thing that listen, if he doesn't isn't efficient after this, we're off the bandwagon. And I'm not saying that, like I said before, everybody grows differently. And like I said, more importantly than any of us is that is AK believes in P. Will still. It's just it's taking longer to develop. And I don't know how much longer they're gonna bet on that. I keep saying that, hey, he's gonna get a second contract and he will. Right. But P. Will has to wake up, man. The, the timidness from P. Will is the biggest thing. Like, I don't care about the off. Like, I want to see you go out there and give it to us defensively. If nothing else, man, give us the defense, fam. And the fact that that has not happened yet is, is more concerning. Like, P. Will was more aggressive defensively his rookie season. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm not in that man's head. I'm not in that man's heart. I, I can't say what's going on there, but something's going on and they need to figure it the hell out. They need to figure it the hell out. Because if P. Will continues to be this passive, it's not It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. And he is going to get ate alive by Bulls Nation with this continued play, man. But let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from JT. It's also about P. Will. Hey, what's up, hey? This is JT. Um, big uh, supporter of the show. I love what you're doing. Um, so I just wanted to give my thoughts. Um, and I've left a voice message before. This is about Patrick Williams. Um, so it's a lot of people probably on the fence saying, oh, he a bust, and oh, he, you know, he, he probably ain't got that dog in him. So here's my take on it. Um, and I saw your a video, I didn't watch it yet, but I saw like the title of How Can We Fix Passive Pat. I think that it's, it's very simple. I think that it comes down to, I mean, you could say it's the mentality, but I don't even really want to, um, I don't even really want to, uh, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to, like, um, over-exaggerate, like, oh, he being passive. Yes, we see that. But I think it comes down to, is 
the Bulls have to make him like the first priority option as far as on offense. They have to like I'm talking first play of the game, run like two, three sets to him for him. Because we know DeMar can get his shot off at any time. We know Zach can get his shot off any time. I know we saying like, oh, he on oh, many nights he's gonna be like the third or fourth option. The only way I, at this point I think you're gonna get the best out of him is if you tell him, look, you gotta take at least five to eight shots in the first quarter, and you know, and then him him being aggressive. Um, because like if you look at his rookie year, even though it was kind of up and down, he had more opportunities. Now, obviously, because Demar is on the team, you got Zach and Booch, it, it do, you could say it doing us down, but I mean, we already know what Demar could do. I think that and another thing is that they using Pat as a screener a lot. I know he played power four, but I just feel like he's way more effective if he's like a wing uses a wing type player. Slashing to the basket, getting to drawing fouls. We saw like him get to the line last night one time, but that was one time. We saw him beat his man off the dribble. Like Patrick is super talented. He could handle the ball, he could uh get his own shot off. And I think that a lot of those uh, traits that he has, like, star talent that could develop in a superstar talent. All right, JT. And he makes the point that a lot of people are making is P-Will being a pro- more of a priority on the offensive end. Now, uh, you, you say get five. Like, for a player that's only averaged seven shots per game for their career, it's going to be difficult to get five shots in a quarter. Um, but even with that being said, like, I, I've always been of the mind that that shit is earned. You have to earn that 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 means you have to earn that. And if you're if you're only getting seven shots per game and you, those are timid shots, what's to say that anything's going to change with a more aggressive? Like, yeah, P. Will when he's put the had the ball in his hands has looked better historically. But it's like, do you really want to bet that on a team that's trying to compete? Right? For trying, we're not a rebuilding team. If we're a real a rebuilding team, absolutely, you give P. Will as many shots as possible. But we're not, and we can't keep betting on that. Like, it just. It's going to, like, P-Will has to want it. Regardless if he's starting, regardless if he's coming off the bench, P-Will has to want it. And as we're seeing right now, he doesn't want it. I'm sorry. Like, again, this isn't me saying that I'm over P-Will as a whole or as some fans, we need to trade him today. No, I'm not saying that. But he has to want it. And until he does, we can be talking about it all day. We can see it for him all day. P-Will has to see it. And he has not as of yet. And it's and it's more and more evident every game that goes by. It's like he gets more passive, more timid. Passive P has to go. I don't know what it is, man. Y'all got to take him to a, uh, a sports therapist and psychologist and something, and he got to lay on somebody's couch, and he got to take a moment to really dig deep on what the hell is going on with him, man. Yes, he was a bench player in college. We all know this. Yes, all, the, all those things are true, but P. Will has to wake up. He has to. Or you can either make this team or you can not make this team. If you get that reference, I love you. But P. Will got to wake up, man. He got to wake up. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's for A-Lot. What's up, hey? I'm calling in on uh, my second um, <clears throat> well, my second opinion. Um, first of all, I want to grab a hot uh, take real quick and say that um, within these first 10 games, I'm predicting that I.O. is going to score between 25 and 30 points. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. Um, I used to watch I.O. in Illinois because uh, we hadn't had no decent cards in Illinois but, uh, uh, since Darren Williams and uh, D. Brown. And um, I didn't know who he was. I just kept seeing the dude with dreads, him in the center. I, they all also had a decent center that year. And he was doing a lot of alley-oops. Uh, Ayo was doing the same thing that he was doing in Illinois. Just This summer, he just gained that weight because when he came in last year, he was trying to do the same thing that he was doing with Illinois, but he was just too little. You know what I'm saying? Now he gained weight, 
And now that he know he has the green light, it's no doubt in my mind that this boy is ready to take over this team, whether Zach's there or not. When I say take over, not be the best player because he didn't have a big ego like that. But he's going to definitely he, – he already done this. This is what he's done. This is normal for him. He was supposed to be a number one – he was supposed to be in the first-round draft pick. We caught a blessing with him just like we did with Rose. We weren't supposed to get that Rose on that first – draft because the Bulls never get the, you know, the first draft. But the, to get Io in the second round, I could not believe that. And that's why his mentality is different from Patrick because he always been, this is what he's done in Illinois. Patrick came off the bench. He's not going to look like a starter, even though we have seen he got, like you said, I heard you say it, we know he got the slashes, the shots, and the dominance play. I want to see him just play defense and just and just take over like that and let his offense come in, just like you said. That's what we need him for. That's what he do. He's not He's not a flashy Vince Carter Duncan. You know, he don't have that mentality. He- All right, IOP Will Kobe. These are the things that he basically touched on in this voicemail. First one, IO. IO has shown progression, right? I do like IO's. Uh, uh, he's stronger, and that's evident out there on the court. Um, I do think even when you look at him being a starter that played 28 minutes but only having a negative plus minus of negative five, whereas players with bigger uh, offensive output like Zach was still negative 19, it shows that Io is doing some things out there defensively that are in his matchups that he is winning. I do think that we are going to need Io to shoot better, period. We are. This is a now a team, especially now that Lon, we know Lonzo ain't walking through that door anytime soon. We need P. Will shooting to be a little bit better. We need him to be better, and we need it to be better. But Io also gives you so much other things, and I think sometimes he gets a pass from Bulls fans, and he's earned that, right? Because Io's come in as a second-round pick and shown that he's going to be a bright part of the Chicago Bulls' future. But we do need you to shoot better out there. We need you to take more shots at times. We need you and the coaching staff to empower him a little bit more, especially games like last night when DeMar just doesn't have it. We need Io to step up. In the first game of the season, we didn't have Zach Levine. Io stepped up and took on a lot of that missing scoring load. We need to see Io shooting come around a little bit more, so players, so other teams have to respect him out there. But what Io does on the on the other side of the ball, the defensive end, I think we're always going to know he's giving effort out there. And if you watch basketball, he may not always get the steals in the box to show up in the in the stat sheet. But when you watch the basketball game that Io is playing, it's always going to be good defensively. P. Will passive P. Listen, uh, I I think throughout this episode I've given my evaluation on passive P. So far. Um, I don't really want to belabor it or seem like I'm picking on the kids, so I'm gonna like kind of just default to my things earlier in the episode. And as far as Kobe, I will say this, right? Kobe has shown improvement in a lot of areas. The shooting still has not been consistent, it's still been up and down game to game. Yeah, he's had halves where it's much better, things like that. It's been up and down. But for the first time, Kobe is starting to give you things with his court vision, with passing, with effort on the defensive end, especially off the ball, to where he is giving us more when his shot isn't falling than what he did ever in his career. But what I will say is this is that as we still are trying to figure out these rotations and lineups, he is a threat to lose minutes, whether it be to Gorn, whether it be to um, maybe Dalen Terry at some point, whether it be, especially once Lonzo comes back, Kobe is a threat to lose minutes, and we need Kobe's efficiently as well off the bench. We came into the season, one of the questions that I asked in this offseason was, who takes the leap? Is it going to be IOP, Will, or Kobe? Those are the players that you're looking at taking a leap possibly this season. And so far, none of them have. Io showed it in the first game. P. Will showed it some in second halves of game one and two. P. Will, not at all, really. But we still need one of these players to step up in a major way. Hopefully, two out of three of those players. If Io in the starting lineup and Kobe in the bench really take a leap, right, and give us some consistent play, which, like I said, the consistent play thing is more geared towards Kobe than Io. But if he, if they do those things, you're looking at a, at a team that, of course, increases their stock. 
yes, they're the 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 development of these play, three players in this season is going to be key to the success this season. We'll see what it means for Kobe over the course of his career and if he's still a bull at, after this season. But at the end of the day, it's just we need these players to, to kick in. We need them. When you look at what each one of those players bring, they bring a key thing to the Chicago Bulls that we do need if they are ready to go and they're taking it. They have to take it. They have to take it, in my opinion. This game sucked. Um, mailbag was good. Thank you guys for all the voicemails and everything. But listen. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, man. We play Boston Monday. That game, I don't even know how to predict. We don't know what Bulls team is gonna show up. Maybe getting this ass kicking at home wakes them the hell up. I hope that it does because if it does, then you know maybe we can have a better showing against Boston. We can't have another blowout at home. Like the Bulls can't be blown out again at home, right? Like we can't do that. Like Boston is a team. Don't get me wrong, but please don't get blown out at home again against Boston. But that is it for me for today, guys. You guys know I'll be back tomorrow with the daily episode. Uh, if you want to follow the show, make sure you do so at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, like you heard on today's episode, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And like I like to end every episode on, see red, go Bulls. Love you guys. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.